real estate investors from Florida, Georgia, and Texas. There's a big online event this coming October that you shouldn't miss. Discover new techniques on how to grow your business and thrive in the middle of the crisis in no time. Just simply go to www.realestateiq.co summit and sign up today. Welcome to Off-Market Deal Finding Made Easy. I'm Becky Kraminga, and um, if you're doing that, all right, speakers today, it was supposed to be Kevin and myself. Kevin's a little bit under the weather today, nothing major, but um, so I'm just gonna, just gonna be me. All right, this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ. We are number one in deal finding. We have over 45,000 leads every month. Okay, so I wanna let you hear what Palmero says. Hey guys, we're here at the Quest Trillion Dollar Mixer right here. And I'm talking to Omero Corona. He's just made more than $100,000 with Real Estate IQ. Could you tell us about your story? Yeah. How's everybody doing? Omero Corona here at the uh, Quest Trust uh, Trillion Dollar Mixer. Really excited to share uh, my testimony and my story with uh, Real Estate IQ. So over the last, uh, you know, about six, seven months, I've been using uh, their platform and getting some of their uh, lists. And I was able to uh, finish my first flip recently where I was able to net about 85000 and in total, I think I've uh, been able to make about $100,000 with Real Estate IQ and their tools. So really excited to share this uh, great um, you know, company with you guys and definitely uh, give it a shot. I think you guys uh, will take advantage of all the tools and uh, it'll be profitable for you and your company. Thank you, guys. Thank High you. Potential deal. And we... All right. We'll talk about that part later. Okay. Off-market deal finding made easy. So first of all, what is an off-market deal? So an off-market deal just means that it's not listed for sale on the MLS. So the MLS, if you're new, stands for Multiple Listing Service, which is the platform that real estate agents use to post the houses that they're selling. And someplace like Zillow uh, pulls data from the MLS, and that's what our system, part of our system does as well, but more often and accurately. Um, so why look for off-market deals? One, there's less competition. Not everybody knows about it like they do if it's listed on the MLS. Um, sometimes deeper discounts because of that. And you can also negotiate directly with the seller because if a property is listed for sale on the MLS, then you have to go through a real estate agent. and you have to rely on them to talk to the seller. And while they have the obligation to do so, sometimes I feel like there's a couple offers I submitted that I'd never even heard back. So I didn't even know if they actually did that or not. So just to compare a little bit, MLS deals versus off-market leads. The pros, there are pros to the MLS. Um, one is that there are lots of deals uh, and there are, often very deep discounted ones as well. 
and they're ready for purchase. You know the person wants to sell because they listed it on the MLS. Um, some of the cons, high, high competition, so that means you need to be fast to win. So with the uh, pros, less competition, deeper discount, direct negotiation with seller, but there are some cons to off-market leads as well. Um, they are harder to find, sometimes hard to find the owner. Sometimes they're not really ready to sell. Maybe they don't know they can sell. Maybe they just are not emotionally ready to make that jump yet. Um, and so because of that, you have to do some, it says more advanced skills, but that's things like you have to have the contract. You can't just rely on the real estate agent to do it. So there are basically three ways to find off-market deals. The first one is to market for the sellers to contact you. The second one is find and contact potentially motivated sellers. And the third one is to buy from a wholesaler. So wholesaling just means that somebody gets a house under contract and they're not going to actually buy the house. They're just going to sell that contract to somebody else who will buy the house. So it's called assigning the contract. And so a wholesaler will do that, but that also means that they're going to mark it up before they give it to you. Um, so wholesaling is a great exit strategy once you find these off-market deals, especially if there is a lot, of, a lot of room in there for profit. All right, so what are some common strategies for finding off-market deals? Uh, first one is bandit signs. I don't know about where you live, but there's a lot of those around here. Uh, technically, in a lot of places, they are illegal. So you kind of have to be careful of that code enforcement. So it's often suggested that you get like a Google, a Google Voice phone number or something like that instead of putting your real phone number on there. Um, but the reason that you see so many of them is they do work. And for whatever reason, ones that look like this, that look like they're handwritten, this one probably was, for some reason those seem to have a better return than ones that are printed out all professional-like. I don't know if they think a person might be more trustworthy. I don't know, but that's just how it is. So, um, you know, you can choose to use that as a method. Um, another common strategy is direct mail. So this means you're going to mail out letters, postcards, um, yellow letter basically means it's on that yellow paper and it looks like it's handwritten. So sometimes they're printed that way, sometimes they actually are handwritten. Um, greeting cards, uh, whatever you want to use. Um, so the key to success if you're doing this is that um, you have to keep doing it. So you can't just send out a hundred letters and expect to get a deal. Now, if you send that 100 letters, you know, five or six times and keep following up, um, that's going to help. But all of real estate investing is really a numbers game. You have to market to a lot of people to get that deal. Um, so direct mail, it's like one to two percent, and that's who's going to call you. That doesn't even mean you're going to get the deal from them. 
Um, but there are a lot of people that are very successful doing this. Uh, one one um, hint right here is mix it up. Don't send the same mailer six times, but do make sure it has your same name on it uh, because you want them to recognize your name. Uh, it's proven psychology, and this is what advertising uses. The more you see something, the more you trust it. And so you want them to see your name, but maybe in a different way that might get your attention from one kind of letter or postcard if another kind of letter or postcard does not get their attention. So, and of course, the quality of your list is going to have a big effect on how many people respond. So if you are gonna do something like this, one suggestion is to make the envelope handwritten and do something different to make it stand out. So this size of envelope, you know, looks like this could be an invitation to a party or something like that. Although there's probably not very many parties right now, but it might get their attention. I did get, just get a, an invite to my nephew's wedding. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you never know. But something different that's gonna capture their attention and and increase the open rate. So that's the key here is just to be creative. How can you capture people's attention? All right, you've probably all seen the we buy houses billboards, uh, the I buy ugly houses. That's a franchise, home investors franchise that you can buy into and you can get some of the leads from those billboards if you buy into that in a certain zip code or area radio ads, TV commercials. These are things that are gonna take a little more investment. So your marketing strategy is probably going to depend on whether you have more money or more time. This is one if you have more money, as is the mailers really. All right, so another way is what we like to call driving for dollars, which is just one way to build a unique list and that's basically just drive around and look for those houses that have the really tall grass um, that are, you know, physically distressed, have some issues, don't look the same as the rest of the neighborhood. Those are the ones that very likely might be vacant. Or um, if there is somebody living there, maybe, you know, something happened and they can't really take care of the property anymore. So those are good leads. I've also heard, you know, look for things like a tarp on the roof. That means there's issues with the house and they don't have the money to fix it. So those kind of things when you're driving for dollars. Uh, piled up mail and notices on the door. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll see those notices on the door that says it was winterized or something like that. Um, pizza signs, a bunch of pizza tags and Chinese food things hanging on the door. Those kind of things tell you that there's probably nobody living there. Um, but in, in Houston, I know that I'm not afraid to open a mailbox and peek in there because if there's a little yellow vacant notice in there, then I know that I need to find the owner of that house. Um, and when you're out and doing that, a great source for of information is just the neighbors you know ask them what do you know about the person who owns that house uh, we were doing that once and the guy was out mowing his lawn across the street and he happened to actually be mowing the lawn of the abandoned house 
that we noticed. And he gave us the owner's contact information. So just, just doing that and not being afraid to talk to people is going to help you get deals. Um, for sale by owner signs or for sale by owner listings on fizbo.com, Zillow, Craigslist, those kind of places. Because these are people that want to sell their house, but for whatever reason, they didn't want to go on the MLS. It could be they don't want people walking through their house. Um, it could be that you know, they don't feel like it's nice enough to list on the MLS, any of those reasons. But that's another good source for off-market properties. All right, some people to know who can help you find off-market deals. And these people are called bird dogs. And basically what a bird dog does is they find a property that looks, um, you know, looks vacant or run down or whatever, and then they tell you about it and you give them money if it turns into a deal. Um, so people that you can get to be your bird dogs are mailmen, or women, they're experts on the neighborhood, delivery drivers, uh, lawn care people, trash pickup people. Um, I've heard of people getting recruiting Uber or Lyft drivers as well because they're always just driving around so they're gonna see these houses. Uh, divorce attorneys, they're not gonna give you anybody's contact information, but if you can get a relationship with them, they would give your information to somebody in that situation that might need to sell their house. Same with bankruptcy attorneys and probate attorneys. CPAs, maybe they're doing the books for an investor who wants to sell. Title companies, same thing. Bail bondsmen, if somebody's, gonna, if somebody's on their way to jail, <laughs> that would be a good reason to maybe want to sell their house and get what they can for it. Uh, real estate agents can give you what they call pocket listings. So that just means somebody that contacted them about selling their house, um, but the person really doesn't want to list it on the MLS. Again, maybe it's not fixed up, so it's a better deal to just give an investor than put it on the MLS. Uh, roofers, foundation professionals, and wholesalers, which I talked about before. If you're going to garage sales, obviously there's really no garage sales right now. I don't know what it's going to take before those start up again, um, but burned houses, estate sales, and a lot of those things might be moving online now too. But, you know, if they're selling a, a bunch of stuff, maybe they're ready to move and just networking through other investors. So if you want to be a wholesaler, you gotta find out what other investors want, build your buyer's list so that when you get a property under contract, you can find somebody to take it off your hands. Uh, so business cards, you can make business cards that, that say, I'll buy your house, you know, the same thing that's in the, uh, on the signs, you can make those cards and, and drop them at people's doors or bulletin boards in public places. Uh, referrals from others. So if you let your friends know that you're buying houses that, that people want to get rid of, uh, you never know, they might have somebody that they know that's moving and needs to change their job, needs cash to cover medical bills, 
behind on their mortgage payment, whatever reason, get yourself out there, put it on your Facebook page that you're buying houses. So again, some of those lists, and these are lists that you can buy usually, some of them you can get yourself, like the pre-foreclosure list, um, you can go to the county website and pull and see all those properties that have a pre-foreclosure filing on them. But uh, each one of those is a three to four page PDF. So it's gonna take you a while to sort through all that information. Um, so that's why it's a good idea to build a list so that you're just using your time for better use. Uh, foreclosure auctions. So if you're not familiar with this process, um, in Texas anyway, uh, nobody told me they were from outside Texas. If you are, let me know. Uh, but in Texas, you know, the auctions are held the second, or sorry, the first Tuesday of every month. And while we haven't had one in a while, and I don't know if they're going to move to online, but they got to start having them soon. Um, so the pre-foreclosure filing must be filed at the courthouse at least 21 days before the auction. Some banks do it way in advance. Some of them wait till that 21 day mark. And so that means that they have 21 days to do something. Otherwise, they're going to lose their house at the auction. So you can go to the auction and buy a property. I know in Harris County, it's pretty competitive. Um, we've watched properties get bid up way, way above what they should for what they're worth, especially as an investor. You know, you've got to have that extra margin of equity to make any money off of it. A sheriff's sale or constable is for when people don't pay their taxes and the county can foreclose that way. Now there is a redemption period with that. And so you want to research that if you decide you want to buy something at sale. Um, but if you're going to buy at sale, there's really a lot of due diligence that you need to do ahead of time. Because once you get there in Texas, you have to pay for these right then and there. You don't have, you can't go to a bank. So you have to bring check cashier's checks um, and cash with you because that's all they take. And you have to have enough. Uh, divorces, you know, if people are getting divorced, quite often they have to sell the house so that they can divide up the proceeds. My favorite story about that is I know an investor who actually bought a house for $10. And that's because the former husband was in charge of selling the house. And they were supposed to split the profits and she wasn't getting nothing. So Crazy things like that happen. Uh, eviction filings. So again, there's been a hold on those uh, over the last couple of months now um, and maybe another month, but those are gonna have to start happening again too. And so all those people that, uh, that are landlord, if you've got a house and people aren't paying rent and maybe it's more than one person who hasn't been, is lived in that house and had all, all kinds of problems with it, you know, maybe they're willing to get rid of it and look for something different. So eviction filings are a good source. Uh, it's also a good source if you want a wholesale to build your buyer's list because all of those land, 
those people that are kicking people out are landlords and probably willing to buy other properties as well. So, um, and then tax or mortgage delinquencies, you know, they're not going to the sale yet, but they're late. So it's coming. And sometimes when they know it's coming, they just wanna get it over with and get out as soon as they can. Um, probate leads. Obviously somebody dies and uh, there's a, they had a house and somebody inherit it, inherits it and has to figure out what to do with it. And so, especially if they're not local, if it's not, you know, like a sentimental childhood home or something, they're usually just wanting to get rid of it. Um, code violations, that's what we talked about with the substandard structures, just problems with the house, tall grass citations. Those are part of the code violations um, in the city areas that are not uh, governed by an HOA because the HOA usually does their own, but code violations are for other areas in the city. Uh, properties with water service recently shut off. Can't live in a house without water. So if the water service is off, then there's nobody living there. And anytime there's a vacant house, that means the owner is paying taxes, they're paying insurance, they're paying water, electric, all that stuff. A lot of times, sometimes those things get shut off, but they're still paying, paying to keep that property. So it's costing them money. All right, so besides just looking for the houses, uh, I've seen a lot of these in Houston where clothes with marketing messages. We buy houses, we pay cash. Ask me how. So you never know when you might be in the grocery store and somebody sees that and says, I need to sell my house. These strange things happen. Um, expired listings on the MLS. So that means somebody tried to sell it on the MLS. It didn't sell either because of the neighborhood, the price was wrong, whatever reason, it didn't sell in that six months or whatever the contract was. And so then it becomes an expired listing. And those people likely still want to sell. You just have to figure out what it is that they need to do that. Uh, we already talked about landscaping and lawn companies. Uh, oftentimes they mow those houses for those landlords that have empty ones. So that's why they're good. Facebook ads. Facebook ads right now are at an all-time low price. They're as cheap as they've ever been. So just put out a Facebook ad that says, we buy houses, you know, something like this. Put posts on, on groups that you're in, on your own page. Same thing with vehicle signs. Somebody might be driving down the street that needs to sell their house. Uh, door hangers or sticky notes. Again, something that's gonna get their attention. So I've seen these. It looks like a FedEx delivery note, sticky note, but when you read it closer, it says something about, call. actually, sometimes they only say call me about your package and then it's really not a package. I don't know. A little bit sketchy to me, but some people do that. Um, get door tags like this that you can hang on the doors, thinking of buying or selling. And those are things that are going to be fairly inexpensive just to print. A place like Vista Print can do these things really, really inexpensively. And then you just got to have somebody go walk around and put them on the doors. 
All right, place signs on a trunk, truck or fence, ones that are just kind of sitting there. Um, call owners, so once you get that list, you have to figure out what you're gonna do with it. So the pre-foreclosures are a common one because usually they have to sell their house. Um, only about 20% of the house, houses on that pre-foreclosure list are going to end up at the auction. The rest of them are either going to sell to an investor Occasionally, a family member will bail them out or they'll, fill, or they'll um, file for bankruptcy, and both of which is just kind of a temporary thing. So, um, so you'll need to get in touch with those owners somehow. And so one way is to just drive around, door knock. Um, some people might not want to open their door to you right now, uh, but when all this is over, might think about it. Um, you can call the owners. So something called, it's called skip tracing and that's finding the owner's name, um, contact information, phone number, email addresses, those kind of things so that you can try to contact them without going to their house. Um, there are some free services. They're not as accurate. Uh, Real Estate IQ, we also have an on-demand skip tracing service where you can just submit a list. We'll skip trace it for you and send it back to you with the emails and phone numbers for those owners. All right, some other online methods defining off-market deals. Craigslist, it's still around. You don't hear about it quite as much as you used to, but it is still around and you can post ads on there. You can look for other properties that are already listed for sale and contact the seller and just work out a deal with them directly. Uh, you can have a website and then drive traffic to your website. So one of those little forms that says, you know, put your information here, or I'll call you back or whatever. Um, Pay-per-click social media, you can use to drive, to drive traffic to your website as well. Um, website links and printed marketing media, you know, put your link to your website in your door hanger. Kind of do those combinations of things. Another place is online auction sites like Hubzoo and auction.com. Those are places where the houses are listed for auction and you can do that auction online. So gives you a little more time, a little less stressful than actually bidding on it in person. But you do have to always do your due diligence, get your top price that you're willing to pay, and then don't go over that. Don't get into the competition of it. <laughs> That's where people get into trouble. I'm gonna win this no matter what. Not a good idea. So the key is just be creative, use your imagination. Okay, so you found a deal. What do you do next? You've got this off-market lead, you talk to the seller, they're willing, what's next? The first thing you need to do is run comps um, or a CMA, comparative market analysis is what a real estate agent calls it. And that just involves looking at the other houses in the area that have sold. Uh, that's what an appraiser does when they come to the house. They look at the condition of the house, they go through you know, all the measurements and stuff like that, and then they compare it to other properties that have sold on the MLS. 
in the area. Um, so do your due diligence. Look at what the repairs are going to be. Um, you know, talk to the owner about if there's liens on the property that would have to be cleared before you can actually sell it or something like that, and then make your offer. So the general rule for making an offer is 70% of the ARV. ARV is after repair value. So find, look at those houses around it that sold in good condition. Figure out what your house should be worth once it's all fixed up. That's the ARV. Then the general consensus is take 70% of that ARV, subtract the repairs, and that's going to pretty much guarantee that you are going to make money and not lose money on that deal. If you buy too high and you can't sell it for what you thought you could, that's when you run into the problems. So that's why the, the general consensus for the offer, especially for beginning investors, is 70% minus repairs. Um, Abasula said, how do you find sellers on YouTube? And that is a very good question. That is not something that I have any personal experience with, but I would imagine you could make like short commercial videos, post them on YouTube, um, especially if you include some sort of interesting education piece to it. Um, maybe you want to do a video on getting a home loan or what it takes to sell your house or something like that. And you could have your contact information with that video, maybe. Somebody else has seen something else, please, please feel free to use the chat and help her out with that. But YouTube is, is kind of upcoming as a, almost a social media site as well. So, and then now TikTok, of course, is the new one. That's all the rage. All right, here's how Real Estate IQ can help you find and win off-market deals. We have the lists of motivated sellers, and uh, those are the, the foreclosure list and probate and all those other ones I showed you. I'll tell you exactly what we have after a bit. Um, you can use our county data finder and pull lists from the tax records of absentee owners, out-of-state owners, vacant lots, um, small multifamily properties, or you know, if you're looking for something like that, mobile homes, you can get all of that from the tax records. And so what you would do then is either mail to them or skip trace the owners and find their, get their contact information and call them, email them, text, ringless voicemail, all of those things can work. Um, On-demand skip tracing, kind of showed you that. And I think I'll show you that real quick. So realestateiq.co is our basic website. And if you go up here to tools, you can see on-demand skip tracing. And we've got different plans. You can do up to five addresses for five bucks. That's our lowest one or you can do more and you know, obviously the more you do, the cheaper it gets per result. And we've, we've been at around 80% accuracy um, and hit rate for these, which is pretty high for on-demand skip tracing, but anybody can use that. So even if you don't use anything else from our service, you can still use our skip tracing service if you'd like. All right, go back here. Um, whoops. 
deal analysis and comps. So uh, we, you can run your own comps with our system very quickly and easily. So you should request a demo if you haven't seen how that's done yet. Um, and deal analysis, we have a deal analysis calculator that comes with our basic system and the comps. And if you just want to run comps, you can do that for 15 bucks a month for as many properties in your metro area in Texas as you like. So that's really inexpensive. Um, we also have uh, partnered with a company called ROI Muse. So, and that is on our website as well under tools. So if you're looking for a more advanced deal analysis calculator, um, ROI Muse has a very, very advanced and yet easy to use ones. They have um, a residential deal analysis calculator which can be for single family or duplex, small multifamily properties. And they have a commercial deal analysis. So if you wanna get into big multifamily office retail, any of those things, the commercial deal analysis can do that too. And this is pretty inexpensive as well. Um, and kind of fun to play around with. Um, and then the next thing is find deals on our community. This is, this is pretty new and we're really excited about it. And uh, while I'm going there, so I'm going back to our website and here I'm gonna go to community. And first I'm just gonna do the feed. Um, Julia says, can the system identify small multifamily duplex tri and quad to run comps? Yes, it can, but it kind of depends on exactly what metro area you're in because the MLS has different categories in different areas. So it, it just depends on what, what your local MLS has as to what you're gonna get, but you can run comps on multifamily and commercial properties with the system as well. All right, so here's the community feed. So this is like, you know, think Facebook, for real estate investors. Um, so this was the event that just happened. So, you know, your basic feed. <laughs> um, but then the other thing that we have here that I'm really excited about is our groups. And this is where I see in the near future that um, deals are gonna happen. So for example, I have right here, a Houston Deal Finders Lounge. So if you're in Houston, please, join my deal finders lounge group the first thing you're going to need to do is go up here in this top right corner and you're going to have to sign up and so you can sign up with um you know with gmail or with whatever you like and get an account on our community so join our community first and then you can join a group so I have the Houston Deal Finders Lounge, but if you're somewhere else or you're looking for deals in other places, please join those ones as well. There's Latinos in real estate, uh, women in real estate. That's my other group. So if you are a female and you are on this call, please join my women in real estate group as well. So that's a great place for you to connect with other investors and network in these days when you can't really go to events and network anymore. 
So we have, that's a really cool thing. And, and that's going to be a place where you can post deals and find deals. And we haven't even done our official launch for this yet, um, but it should be coming up fairly soon, as soon as we have all of the features activated. So we're, you know, getting the bugs out of a few things still, but you can join, you can join groups, you can post, you can do all those things right now in our group. Marketplace is a place where you can connect with services that you need. So are you looking for a coach or a mentor? Are you looking for funding for your deals? Are you looking for something else like a contractor, title company, um, all kinds of different things? Or do you want to invest in notes, which is a, a more passive investment? So you can connect with whatever services, find whoever you need here. Um, and then here's our events page. So I want to encourage you, if you're around this Saturday morning, um, we've got an event, let's see, right here, looks like. This Saturday morning, Kevin and I will be there. And we partner with actually her, Marilyn Pinto, for this event from Sue Casa, and she teaches wholesaling. As you can see, she offers a four-week paid training, but this event is free. So, and she teaches finding deals um, off the MLS. So if you're looking for, for, you know, kind of something different that way, you might want to check that out. And there's all our other upcoming events here as well. So that is our new community, and we're really excited about it. Uh, again, here's tools resources, you know, kind of, kind of go to our website and just play around a little bit, see what's there. All right, talked about that already. Our guarantee you'll always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. It doesn't mean you're getting it, but you, you can find one. All right, uh, skip tracing, I already talked about that. It gives you mobile and landlines, email addresses, does an address verification, includes property ownership, um, sometimes family and vehicle data. So here are the off-market leads we offer. So we already talked about code violations, tax sale list, evictions, probate, airship. Uh, probate just means there's a will. Airship means there was not a will. And the heirs get together and file this affidavit of airship that says we are entitled to that property. Pre-foreclosures, uh, liens, this could be a good signal of financial distress. Um, if there's a new lien on the house, it could be a mortgage lien, HOA lien. Um, and uh, there's a third one that I totally am not am blanking on right now, uh, but we have three different types of liens on our list. Um, sorry, the wrong thing, delinquent taxes. Sorry, I'm really not trying to make you dizzy. Delinquent taxes, um, appointment of substitute trustee. This is kind of a pre-pre-foreclosure um, because sometimes they file this document four to six weeks before mechanics lien. Thank you, Vernon. <laughs> That's the one I was <laughs> missing. Um, they sometimes hit this appointment of substitute trustee list four to six weeks before they hit the pre-foreclosure list. So it gives you a little extra time to just kind of try to build a relationship with that person that's going to get you the deal. And the next one on here is loan modifications. 
don't know why that little bar at the bottom is not going away for me right now. Um, there we go. Loan modification. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, as you know, there's a moratorium on foreclosures right now, um, but a lot of places are ending that, and I know some are resuming auctions in June. I don't know for sure yet. I don't think everybody's decided yet, but I know some places are talking about that. Um, so a lot of these people that had the, the forbearance, okay, so the government said on FHA loans and those loans that um, they have to give them forbearance. If they can't make their payments, they can't kick them out. And I just saw uh, a thing a week ago that said that for, uh, I think it's just for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans, they're saying the banks are not allowed to require the whole amount due. So we saw that in Houston after Hurricane Harvey um, because they said you can't foreclose on somebody whose house just flooded. And so a lot of them gave them a six month forbearance, but then at the end of that six months, the bank said, okay, you owe us seven months worth of payments. And most people hadn't saved that. And so we saw foreclosures skyrocket after that. So they did say that for, I think FHA loans, they're not allowed to do that. They have to do some kind of a modification. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but not most loan modifications fail because usually it means they're going to take the past due amount and roll it into the loan and increase their monthly payments. And so if they couldn't make the lower payment, how are they going to make a higher payment? So it's 80 some percent of those fail. So that's why that's a good list. Um, and then of course, divorces. So the ones that have the little star by them, those are the ones that in our premium package will come with, to you with the skip tracing already done. So they'll already have the email addresses and the phone number so you can just get right to work with your cold calling or whatever strategy you want to do there. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.